Hey friends, it's Mark James and welcome to the first in a new version of the Hey Friends podcast. Today is the 25th of August 2021 and I am 36 years old. The last uh, year has been insane, hasn't it? But we've all spent it together. It's been a shared experience. It's so rare that with any group of people you can have a shared experience, you know, worldwide. And yet, to some degree, worldwide we have. Of course, lots of different things have happened in different countries. And, you know, there are some crazy things going on in some countries right now, which it's very hard to tell, isn't it, what's going on? Because, of course, the media reporting it have their bias. The country that it's in have their bias. The, the people who tell it to you or that you read it from, they have their bias. You know, we're just filled with bias now. There's no such thing as unbiased news. Once upon a time, that used to be what the BBC was for. But now, I mean, you can dream on if you think you get anything even approaching unbiased from the BBC. So... It's strange, but we have shared an experience, and you and I, me and you, us, we have really shared an experience, because every single one of you that listens to this podcast has been there, some of you, every single day. I've been thrilled, by the way, the messages I've received uh, from lots of you saying happy birthday and good luck with the next version of the podcast and what it turns out to be and all that stuff, because um, there were some people who messaged me that... I really didn't know, listen to every episode. One person I felt compelled to apologize for being such a potty mouth. (laughs) Because I know this this person and I are friends, but um, we only ever communicate in a more traditional, uh, you know, businessy working sense. And so I suppose I would never let myself go uh, conversationally to that degree where I would swear like I do on this thing and all of that. So it's quite funny, actually, that a few people have messaged me saying they listen to this that I didn't know listened. And that caught me a little bit by surprise. Now, for all today is the first episode in the new podcast, I'm treating it a bit like last year for now because it hasn't been a week. So I don't have a week's worth of stuff to talk about because the last podcast was last night. So I just decided to make today quite casual. I'm driving to a show at a place called Calagran, which was my actual first ever job, as you'll all remember. I mean, we know this story many times, I've told it, because I gigged there a lot over the years. One thing that has happened, which I feel I'll tell you about, is that there have been some... There's been a situation where we've been doing two shows some nights at certain venues, because... um, you know, the audience was split into two sittings, and we didn't mind, most acts don't mind mucking in, it's twice as much work, and there's not really any financial recompense for it, but you feel compelled and happy to repay a company that is as happy to get you straight back to work as they can do, so we're all mucking in together at some point, but a slight thing has happened in a lot of the venues, where... For all, they're still offering multiple sittings. They're not actually kicking the audience out in between. And they're also letting as many people as want to book both sessions. Which means that if you're a variety or speciality act who effectively does the same show and makes the same accidental mistakes, and the word mistakes has air quotes around it, and, you know, if you do a certain trick 
and a person happens to choose the seven of hearts and you know you do that trick again the next day and they also happen to choose the seven of hearts and then the next day to your total surprise they choose the seven of hearts and you notice a pattern <laughs> if you do that show twice in a row I mean, that person is picking the seven of hearts. So if you do the show, and that's, you know, the way that that happens or works is irrelevant, but if you do the show twice in the same night to the same audience, either they're going to know that, wow, that's a bizarre coincidence, or I bet that person always picks that card, so the magician's cheating, and of course you are. So then you're left with this new problem which is well do i alter the show for multiple scenes so then i have to carry two versions of everything and even if you do that it still doesn't take away from the fact that lots of the routines are built around making the same mistake or the same surprise or say the trick where i turn a handkerchief into a fake egg and then the egg is actually turns out to be a real egg and i crack it and all of that stuff that does not bear repeating you see that twice in the same night then you're looking for the bit when the trick happens, when it works. You know, the audience are able to get ahead of you and work out how these things are done. Because the first time the audience see a trick, I'm just opening some vocal zones in case you're wondering. The first time the audience see a trick, it's a roller coaster. And the second time, it's an education. But it's not really fair to have to do that. So there'd been some conversations about this, and I was faced with that tonight. Um, and after those conversations, I can only report the result and not how I came to the result, but I'm only doing one show tonight. So as ever, I was thrilled to have the backing of, you know, my management and other people, um, that, you know, um, what's it called? That were involved and it's worked itself out nicely because my friend Tom had a show last week the audience didn't get turfed in between and he had people shouting stuff out that was about to happen um, and so I, I sort of um, I didn't want that to happen to me and it's not going to happen anyway I'm not really sure how to talk about that because there are certain things that you know must remain between the between the parties that's a business thing what can I say but it's all working out fine so I've got a show tonight on my birthday that's not the best thing in the world, but I also knew when I booked the show that it was gonna be on my birthday. And the reason I said yes to it is because it was the closest show to home. So this week I'm doing all the shows that are right next to where I live because it's my birthday week and I didn't wanna be away. Now, to tell you about my other problems, currently, you know all the brickwork fell off the side of our house and it had to be repaired. The builders that we've got, I mean, whistling a cowboy tune there so you know that I mean they're cowboy builders they're not cowboys but they're a bit you know lackadaisical which annoys me my whole thing is what we're we waiting for do it now let's do it now um, so they left scaffolding in our garden for two weeks which pissed me off but as well there was rubble and these big bags of sand so we messaged them can we get rid of the sand and the scaffolding and all of the stuff and they text back saying yeah we'll come this week so they finally came today nearly a week later and they've taken their scaffolding but they've left the big bags of sand which i can't move because they're so big and they've left all the rubble and stuff but they didn't say they were going to leave that they've just left it and i fucking want rid of it 
it's pissed me right off. So now I'm gonna have to pay some other guy to come around and take it away, probably. We're waiting to find out. I'm so raging about it. The worst part is Sarah thinks I'm annoyed with her about it because she's the one who was communicating with them because I was away when it started. So I'm having a go at her to have a go at them. <laughs> but she feels like I'm having a go at her and I'm not having a go at her. I've got nothing in this whole world to have a go at Sarah about. She's the best. But she's the conduit to the builders. And I feel like if I get involved now, the situation will blow up because if they've been dealing with her but suddenly now they're dealing with me and the way I talk to people I'm going to say listen you fuckwits are we going to take this stuff away or what like what are we waiting for and that's going to be a bad situation for some reason me and loads of other cars just went through red lights but I did it because they all did it and I'm not sure why we all did it but for some reason we've done it seems to have worked out fine but it was like everybody decided mutually the lights didn't work so we all went through them that was very confusing um anyway so i know if i get involved i'll blow the situation up and there'll be a row and then i will have some builders that we're arguing with for no reason when actually i just wanted sorting but you know what i mean if a different person subs in and takes over the chat it's a bit like I mean, I was going to say it's a bit like going and getting the manager, but in, if anything, in our relationship, Sarah's the manager. <laughs> I'm not even trainee or floor staff. I'm, you know, she's absolutely the manager. I'm the YTS schema. I'm the, um, I'm the apprentice. I'm the um, take your kids to work day. <laughs> so yeah, it's not like getting the manager, but it is a bit like getting someone who's willing to shout. And that'll be me, and then there'll be a row, so... Sarah's handling it, but that's that. Um, last night, obviously, I recorded the podcast, went to the Villa game and stuff, that was very exciting. Today, talking of sport, and I'm not really going to, but I did meet Tyson Fury, heavyweight champion of the world. Now, it's funny how this turned out. I knew there was a chance it might happen, because Sarah works at a really posh... Uh, jewelers that sells watches and stuff as you know and Tyson Fury heavyweight champion of the world is one of their customers she told me he was coming in today but she'd also made some apple pies and stuff for her work friends and rhubarb pie she had to make three she made apple and rhubarb for nearly everyone except her friend Laura is allergic to apples I mean, fuck knows how you end up allergic to apples. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that you could be allergic to apples, but it turns out that you can, and she is. So, Laura's allergic to apples. Oh, bollocks, I've gone the wrong way here. Um, I've turned slightly early. I don't know if this housing estate will let me back out. That's a dead end, isn't it? I'm gonna have to spin round. Um, anyway, so Laura's allergic to apples. So Sarah made it with rhubarb and pears. And then another girl on her team, Lauren, is gluten-free. So she's <laughs> she's made apple and rhubarb in gluten-free. She's made apple and rhubarb non-gluten-free. And she's made pears and rhubarb non-gluten-free. It's like cooking for Goldilocks and the three bears. Um, or is it just Goldilocks? Because the three bears, they all like their beds, don't they? But but they've got three they're not fussy the bears are fine they pick the correct bed for them but goldilocks she is fussy until she finds baby's bed so she's not that on she's not that fussy she just didn't like two beds and she picked the third one 
<laughs> anyway, so she's made all that, and I had to drop it off today in town. So I decided I'd go and get myself a little birthday haircut. That's not like a special haircut. That's just a haircut on your birthday. I was well, didn't get my pubes trimmed or anything. I don't need to. I haven't got any as it is. <laughs> oh, God. What was I saying about getting to know you and saying too much? So, I do like to be quite hairless. I like to think that if I had to get inside of, um, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something very shimmery. Maybe some sort of lycra suit that none of my hair would poke through it. Because they do, you know. They do with football tops. you got a hairy chest, your hair pokes through your football tops sometimes. Anyway, that's why I wear a t-shirt underneath. Um, so I had to drop them off. So I went and got a haircut. And then I walked down with the three crumbles. And when I got there, there was a Range Rover that looked very, very nice. And I thought, oh my God, Tyson Fury's in there. And I got in there, and he was. So um, one of Sarah's other friends at work, Harry was looking after him as he always does and they get on very very well and I said to Harry will you do me a favour and ask Tyson if there's any chance I can have a little picture with him <laughs> and Harry went yeah of course I will mate and to be fair to him he did and Tyson a very very lovely man said no problem so I got my picture taken with the heavyweight champion of the world unfortunately I stood on the wrong side I didn't breathe in I was underneath the top light and I look very shiny but um you know, I still got the photograph. I posted it on my Instagram if you want to check it out. But it was very exciting. I'll tell you what. There aren't many people who make me feel excessively small. But he is massive. He's six foot eight or six foot nine. I mean, that is mental, isn't it? He's properly tall. And so standing next to him, I just felt... I felt like what a lot of people must feel like when they stand next to me. You know, and I chat to dancers backstage, and I'm like a good six to seven inches taller than them, if not more. And then, you know, I'm standing next to Tyson Fury, and he's that tall next to me, but he's built, as they say, like a brick shit house. <laughs> and he did what he must always do when he gets photographs with fans. He did like a fist, you know, a one-sided fist. So then I stood and mirrored him with the opposite fist. And um, oh, I felt like a sad little kid, you know, getting a picture taken with a superstar. But it was class. And he's the heavyweight champion of the world. Think about what that means, you know. I mean, this is a guy who's in the same shoes um, as Joe Frazier, George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, Rocky Marciano, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, you know... Um, like big guns, big heavy hitters of the division. And Tyson Fury is one of them. He's had two spells as a heavyweight champion. Klitschko, I think Klitschko had three or four. I mean, it's wild. You know, this is, this is a big thing. If my dad knew that I'd met the heavyweight boxing champion of the world at any point, he'd be thrilled. That's the sort of thing that would have meant something to him. He'd have thought that was great. And so I did. And I got a picture with him, and he was a lovely man. So that was exciting. I came home, played a bit of Call of Duty. <laughs> That's the sort of shit, by the way, that won't be in the new version of this podcast, because I won't have to tell you what I've done all day. You know, usually on the podcast, I tell you five or six different things, but they're all from the same day. Well, when they're across a week, hopefully they'll all be a little bit more exciting. Um, so let's tell you what I look, look toward this week, at least for me, and then we'll set some goals down. Um... 
The first thing is that Sarah and I are going to see a magician called Pete Furman tomorrow. Uh, no, not tomorrow, so uh, Friday. Um, because I've got a gig tomorrow, and then Friday we'll go to Barnard Castle, which is where Pete is performing. And I saw the tickets online, and I snapped a couple up, and we're going, so that's very exciting. And Saturday I'm going to watch Preston at home, but by myself, because tomorrow I'm taking Joshua over to his grandparents to stay for the weekend. And then Sunday we've got a few friends coming over for a little quiet dinner party. We were going to have a big thing, but because of the whole ball leg with the side of the house, and we know the garden's not going to be ready, and you know, there's stuff everywhere because we're trying to sort out the hot tub. We decided to cancel a big party and just have a couple of people over instead. So, um, that's the plan. So now I guess what I need to do, well, firstly, I'll tell you, I weighed in at 21 stone one. <laughs> what an absolute, and we all knew I was going to, didn't we? You all knew I was going to fail before I failed. I knew I was going to fail because I haven't got on with it because I started turning the new year into a, into the excuse like oh you know what I'll start now I'll start on the new birthday year and all that and so that's kind of what I'm doing that's where we're at so um 21 stone one I mean I could be in the 19s which is my real goal in a week if I really tried easy I could easily see 19 in a week so will I next Wednesday what will I be that's a big question I mean I'm going to be honest with you tomorrow Sarah's cooking lunch and then on Sunday, we've got people coming round. So I wouldn't expect any miracles by Wednesday. But you never know. I might surprise you. I probably won't. So let's focus on the other goals. Because, of course, weight loss is one of them. And having a weekly thing feels like a bigger failure. Because I'm going to be changing by bigger amounts. As opposed to smaller one or two pounds per day. I'm going to be changing by, you know, eight, nine 15 pounds maybe some weeks so that feels like a bigger failure to have to let you down so i'm going to try and make it happen sorry by the way if any of this has been loud normally in the car the recording is pretty good but in future on wednesdays when i sit down to record properly for longer i'm going to do it in uh, you know a normal room i'll do it in joshua's room and uh, sit quietly with a drink like i uh, like i like to like i like to yeah uh, that's what I'll do. But Sarah's got a driving test in the morning and I am just driving past the place where I failed my first driving test. Sarah's taking her first ever driving test in the morning and I did my first one literally right where I am in the car right now. And I knew I'd failed at this point because there's a road I'm about to go up. And when I went up that road on my driving test, I was looking to do a potential takeover. <laughs> <laughs> which on your driving test is a fucking stupid idea but I was a bit overconfident and the uh, guy, the examiner grabbed the wheel and I knew when he grabbed the wheel that the test was effectively over and I also knew when my driving instructor who was sitting behind me for the uh, test um, I've told you that story before haven't I about how my driving instructor came on the test with me to see what the mistakes were because we knew I was going to fail uh, but also the examiner had someone examining him, so there were four of us in the car, <laughs> which was a lot of pressure. But anyway, um, yeah, he grabbed the wheel and I heard my, my driving instructor go, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> under his breath, and I laughed. So I knew it was over. I just drove to the test center. But um, yeah, she's got her test tomorrow, which is going to be, uh, it's going to be lovely. And... 
so goals. Were we, were we talking about goals? I can't remember what we were talking about. 21 stone, bigger goals. Fuck knows. But anyway. Oh yeah, Joshua's going to his uh, grandparents tomorrow night. <clears throat> so that we can uh, do the thing and I'll be eating on the Sunday and all that sort of stuff. Anyway. Let's set some goals. Here are my goals. My current number one, two, three, four goals are basically taking inspiration from my dearest friend, Taylor Hughes, who is crushing it right now. And I'm so proud of him because of what he's done and what he's created. And it's thrown into a lot of, you know, like sort of light what I should have been doing because I talked to him along every step of this way. Admittedly, not with his book. I mean, he talked to me a little bit about the book, but he's written the book. He's got the book out there. He's, you know, done everything essentially by himself and without much of my consultation, if any. Um, you know, whereas on his Amazon show, I was quite heavily involved and we talked about it daily, worked out the material. He did some of my material on his special uh, and it went really well. I was so thrilled to see him doing it. But in absolute fairness to him, he gave me a great credit on the show and I was listed as the magic consultant and I was thrilled to be of any help. But the book that he's done, he's got out there and done it himself and uh, I'm so proud of him for it and I can't wait for it to arrive. Uh, it's in the post, I'm waiting for it to come. So, having a friend that you're so close to and speak to daily, achieving these things and you being failing to achieve the things you want to achieve and he's been trying to do the same thing as me, you know, in losing weight but with no results too. I mean, he weighs less than me and he used to weigh more, but he's got to a stagnant point like I have and we've both just stayed. So we need to push each other along with that. And we all need to push each other along. But um, what I want to do is I want to do the Edinburgh Festival next year and get a show in a good venue and do it every single day and video it and then get a good video production company to come up and film it and get like a multi-camera HD version recording of the show that I can pitch to Amazon as well. So I want to try and get a special, a magic show special on Amazon with some different stuff. And I've got some ideas about how I'm going to make mine different to other people that have done that. It won't just be a straight show. I've got some funny insert ideas and, you know, bits where it will follow me on the journey to it and all of that sort of stuff. Um... But I also want to write a book. And, you know, I've been talking about writing a book forever. Mine will most likely be a book for magicians about stagecraft, magic theory, have some routines and things like that in there. But I've got a bunch of magic theory that I talk about at lectures and, you know, the people who are full-time professionals are always fascinated by and come up to me afterwards and say, oh, I wish we could have talked more about that. But, of course, in a lecture, people want to hear, they want to see tricks and they want to hear them explained because 90% of the magicians who are at a lecture are not professionals. So they go to a lecture to have fun, see a bit of a magic show, learn how some tricks are done, go home. They're not necessarily interested in the deepest, darkest reasoning behind all of the theory. So the people who are, they're the people who I most likely end up going out to a restaurant with after the lecture and having dinner and then we chat about that stuff there and I learn a lot from their ideas too and so I'd like to put that stuff out in a book because there are enough of those people out there that would be interested in buying and reading that and so 
that's a project. I also want to write a general population book as well, and I've got plenty of ideas for that. I've probably got six or seven things on a shelf that are book ideas that are basically waiting to go. And uh, I've never really put the requisite amount of effort into any of them, and I should. Because really, all you've got to do is get the words out of your head and onto the page. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard. So, I mean, of course it is hard, but I'm not writing, uh, only one of the ideas is a, a non-fiction book, sorry, is a fiction book. I should really learn the difference between those two things before I start spouting that I'm going to be an author. <laughs> Actually, a lot of journalists need to learn the difference between those two things. Hey, look, we went full circle. Anyway, so I only have one thing that's a fiction book, a story book. It's actually a series idea, but you know, it could be multiple books, but um, I know the characters, I know what it's about. It's very loosely related to magic, but it's a nice idea. So I need to think about that a bit more as well, but all the rest of them are non-fiction, which means that I really just need to get the truth that I know out of my head and onto the page. And again, that should be easy and then once you've done that you get to layouts and publishers and all that sort of stuff but if nothing else just solidifying those ideas will be a good thing so that's a plan uh, the weight loss I need to get back to where I was I need to lose like 80 pounds again for the second time in my life because I've done that a bazillion times but I do need to lose 80 pounds again uh, to get back to where I was um, what are my other goals what else would I really like to achieve? Um, good financial stability, I think, would be a good thing. You know, having, um, what's it called? Having money in the bank, savings. You know, recently, financially, I've been doing okay. I've been working a lot, of course, which has really helped. And I've actually started saving. I think I told you that I opened a bank account, which wasn't ever linked to PayPal or any bills or anything. So that when I put money in it, I knew that when I looked back a month later, exactly what I put in it would still be there. And I've done that, and I've been putting money into that, and I'm going to continue to put money into that so that I build up a good uh, nest egg of savings to not have to stress about things. Because working again, but without necessarily the crazy spending habits I had before, has meant that I've had enough money when a couple of things have gone wrong, little problems, I've been able to fix them fairly easily because I've had the cash, which has been a real relief. So I, I like that new thing I've found in life, that stability that I never had before and I intend to continue with it. So that's gonna be a goal. Financial stability, health, uh, Edinburgh Festival, um, get a book out, get a Netflix special, uh, or sorry, get an Amazon Prime thing up off the back of the recordings from uh, Edinburgh. That's a big one. Um, I think as well that Christmas is going to be a big time for me because at the moment I've booked enough shows to not need to do a pantomime and I'm not going to get a pantomime now. It's too late. That option, that opportunity is fucked basically. It's not coming and I need to just think of something else. So what I'd quite like to do is book some, um, what's it called, book some shows that are, um, I've just turned off the car, book some shows that are ticketed and that people can come to and um, 
you know, something different. There's a really nice place near where I live, and I'd love to book like a parlor show in there, some sort of theatrical parlor show um, where I can sell tickets, and it's attached to a meal, so people come, they have a meal, and then they get the option to, you know, upgrade their meal for an extra £10 a ticket or whatever, uh, and... You know, they can come and see my show. Maybe it's part of Christmas party nights or Christmas meal nights or whatever. And I need to get on that sooner rather than later and speak to some venues uh, to make it happen. But um, that's, that's, definitely a, that's definitely a thought that I'm having right now. And then the rest of the goals. I guess I need to think about this for the rest of the week. But what, hang on a sec. I'm just going to... I had to pause you for a second there because there's a security guard. Um, came to the window of my car because I just parked at the gig and he just bent down and looked through the window so i had to say to you i meant to say to him uh i met one sec but then i put oh it just got confusing anyway so um i spoke to the security i told him i was the cabaret just gave me a big thumbs up and was more than happy because i'm parked in their yard in the security yard but it's the easiest walk to the venue from here backstage anyway so i need another week i think to really think over my goals and solidify them so here is my challenge to you Let's do this together now. Now that it's weekly, this can be a bigger thing where we spend more time and we talk for longer and we really get into it. So I'm not going to be able to remind you apart from via Instagram. So if you don't follow my Instagram already, go and follow at Mark James Magician Official and I'll post it on my story next week. But send me a message with a list of what your goals are that you plan to achieve in the next year. I know it's weird because it's not New Year and all that sort of stuff, but it's my birthday. So it's my birthday goals list that you can join in on. What are your goals? What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? And we'll talk about them. We'll set each other the challenge. We're now 52 episodes away from that being the thing, you know, from it being a year now that this is once a week. So... And maybe, I mean, occasionally with this, I could, if I wanted, throw up the extra, the occasional extra episode. What I'm excited about, actually, with this podcast now, as well, is that it doesn't just have to be what it's been, which is the daily, it was very solidified as a daily, singular, me-talking thing. Whereas now, if I meet someone interesting that I think would be good to chat to, I might just do a little recording with them and throw it up on this feed so that you can hear it and see what what I've been up to and chat to a person or whatever. So that could happen a few times as well. Little bonus episodes or whatever uh, could be quite fun. So tell me what your goals are. And then a week from today, I will tell you my solid solidified final goals list and we'll try and achieve them in a year all together. So this has been the first episode of the new Hey Friends season. No gaps. We're back at it. It's 25th of August. I'm 36 years old. No donuts, but plenty of honesty. That was last year's first episode, you might remember. I'm 35, donuts and honesty. I'm 36, fuck donuts, but more honesty, please. Don't fuck donuts. I know they've got a hole in, but don't fuck donuts. <laughs> I don't need to know where the cream filling came off. Oh, that's too much. Bye, friends.